Ladies and gentlemen, this delicious and delectable podcast is brought to you in part by our friends over at The Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. If you didn't know, here's the skinny. They've got a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off all of their draft beers. That's right. Every single one, a dollar off. It's a crazy deal. Go down and support The Handlebar. They've got a great lineup of beers, a great food menu, an awesome patio. There's really no reason not to go. Again, that's The Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street right here in Chico. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, or perhaps welcome for the very first time to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie conversation show based in Chico, California. My name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Hello again, or hello, just hello. This week on the show, we have our review of Old. It's the newest film from M. Night Shyamalan and follows a family who goes on vacation and after being escorted to a mysterious private beach, the family and all the people they're with start aging rapidly and inexplicably. That's right. Before we get to that, though, we are covering two beers uh, this week from High Water Brewing. The first is an orange cream ale with chocolate called Break Apart. And the second one is called Boom Boom Out Goes the Lights with apple juice and pink Himalayan salt and galangal root. Galangal. Nice. That's nice. fun to say. Uh, you are listening on KZFR. You will only hear the first beer and the spoiler-free portion of this here chat, so don't worry about spoilers. That's right. But if you do want to hear the whole conversation, you can find the full episode plus more than two. Actually, this is episode 230. So 230 discussions about film and beer of our podcast dating all the way back to 2016 at any of the following places. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get quality audio entertainment. Mm -hmm. New episodes are dropping in your head every Friday, 7 a.m. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review. It helps others discover the joy that is me and Max. That's true. If you have written a tasty review and you've given us those sweet, sweet five stars, go ahead and follow us on social medias. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. We're on Untapped. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're at Fresh Hop Cinema and all those places. Or just, just head on over to our website, www.freshhopcinema.com for all that tasty goodness in one convenient location. Yeah, if you want to get a little bit more elaborative and drop us an email, do that at our email address, which is fhccast at gmail.com. Let's dream a little. Let's say you're one of those people and you've literally done all the stuff and you're listening for the first time, you've just become enamored with us and you're like, I need to help this podcast just a little bit more. How can I do it? Well, listen up, folks. Fear not. You can give us uh, you can give us money. Give us a dollar a week, three dollars a week, five, ten, thirty, whatever you want, by going to patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Johnny Summers, tell tell people what what Patreon even is. Yeah, man. So it's a way to help fund independent artists and creators of content, just like us and our podcast, where it's a, a weekly, basically we drop, mm -hmm. you know, an episode every week and then you get billed for it. But then we also do bonus episodes. We do a bunch of other content on Patreon only with reviews or and uh, top five lists, interviews, nice. some cinema making type documentary stuff that we get into about the real brass tacks of, of how movies are made. We do a lot of learning ourselves and then share our knowledge with you once we've learned it. Uh, and it's fun. Plus, we just had our quarterly meeting yes. and we booked all of our events uh, all the way through October. So we are back uh, doing events, getting together with our patrons. That's part of the rewards and, and the fun of it. So if you were on the fence, there's never been a more awesome time because we can get together again and it's going to be fun doing that. So check it out. Patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Enough with housekeeping, sir. It's time for beer. We're going to turn our, our attention towards a brewery that's been on the show many a time since we started this show back in 2016, and that's High Water Brewing out of Lodi, California. I'm going to give a couple shout-outs here. Back all the way, this must have been like October of 2016, we covered uh, Moana, the Disney film, and we, we paired it with Campfire Stout from High Water. That was episode 11. If you want to jump forward a little bit to episode 20, we drank, I believe it was a Baltic porter from them called Aphotic. 
And that's when we watched, or at least one of us did, watch the Lego mm-hmm. Batman movie. And then we didn't cover them uh, again until January 2018 on episode 57 with their barrel-aged scotch ale, Whiskey Thief. And now, all the way in 2021 in July, we're going to drink their beers again. Johnny, what is the first beer? Where'd you get it? What kind of beer is it? Tell me Tell me all the things. Yeah, so this first beer is the Break Apart Orange Chocolate Cream Ale. Picked this guy up at Spike's Bottle Shop, I believe. That sounds right. Yeah, picked these up, Spike's. And uh, yeah, I just realized we hadn't done them in a while. And uh, they had some stuff that I hadn't seen before. So if you're giving me some innovation and some new beers, I'm going to pick them up and try them and get them on the show. So it's nice to revisit. I think we've been net positive more than negative on this brewery. I know Campfire Stout was really well received. I remember thinking Aphotic was just... Okay. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and then Whiskey Thief, I remember, was good to slightly above average, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, great. That's what's my guess. I think I might have... One of us liked it more than the other. I don't remember. Go listen to episode 57. Somebody nice. tell us, because I don't know. Uh, so, Break Apart, Cream Ale with Chocolate and Orange. It's 5.4% alcohol. From their website, we read, Break Apart Chocolate Orange Cream Ale is a delightful tribute to the eponymous confectionery treat. Is that how you say that word? It is. Yes. What's it mean? Uh, you know, it means it means like <laughs> the, the way that the name intended it, the way the Lord intended ep- eponymous. It, the, it's 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 paying tribute to the to the um the thing that that usually you associate with the term. Okay. I, be- I believe. <laughs> All right, Google that. I will. <laughs> uh, we feature four varieties of sun-kissed orange peel, hints of vanilla, and a delicate layer of bittersweet chocolate from cacao nibs, creating a flavor memory in your mouth. Tap into our bright, delicious, and refreshing summer cream ale, a flashback to warm days and good times. Okay, really, really briefly, yeah. The dictionary definition of eponymous just says if it's of a thing, it just means named after a particular person or thing. So a less wordy version of what I said. Um, the second thing I wanted to point out is that this is a cream ale and you did your work and you tried to reach out. We, as a podcast, tried to reach out to the brewery for some comments. They didn't get back in time for this recording session. But before we sat down today, you gave the brewery a ring and called to see if this cream ale was made with any lactose because you, of course, are lactose intolerant. And you don't have an official answer because apparently the only person on planet earth that knows the answer to that wasn't around today. So I'd like to tip my hat to you, sir, for essentially putting your life on the line for this first tasting. Thanks. It's going to dictate how the rest of this episode goes, but <laughs> I'll, I'll just go light. I won't chug half okay. the can. I'll okay, just I'll good. just take enough to to taste it. So oh, have you tried it yet? No, but very lastly, the, you're aware of the things of the eponymous confectionery treats, as they put it, right? Those, those chocolate balls that come in foil, and I think you like whack them on the counter, and then they split into chocolate orangey slices. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Do you like those? They're okay. I think chocolate and orange is a nice combination if it's done right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think citrus and chocolate is, is quite nice really. So I can't say specifically if I've had one of those, but I, I know I've had plenty of chocolate. Like I love dark chocolate with, you know, I've had like lemon dark chocolate that was really good. Huh. So I think well done. The citrus bite can really complement the dark chocolate. I mean, and if you're going for like a milk chocolate, then you might want to get into more of a contrasting type flavor that kind of the mm-hmm. citrus would cut through and, and give a really nice contrasting yeah, flavor profile, but um, that's a long way to say no. I haven't specifically had one. Curious how this tastes though, because I like the idea of it. I know it could work. You're saying you've never had the, the chocolate balls that break apart into slices? Yeah, I don't know if I have. Oh, interesting. Okay, so then I will say just for my own sort of caveat here that I typically hate those. I think it's a okay. terrible flavor pairing. Um, so if I were a gambling man, uh, I'm going to guess that you're going to like this more than I will, just based on your uh, preemptive expectations and my tried and true sort of bad experiences with with flavor pairings of this nature. But to answer your very first question, no, I have not tried it yet, but have you? I have. I just tried it, and I am not super impressed. Mm. Um, no, I mean, it definitely has orange and chocolate in it, but the mouthfeel is so thin. This is incredibly watery. Uh, I was expecting for, especially for something labeled as a cream ale, it should have had more body and like more mouthfeel. This is just watery and kind of sloshy. Uh, it's got a little bit of like bitterness in the finish that like I would imagine should be 
sweet. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would want this beer as I read the description to finish bitter and kind of have like a, a musty flavor. I mean, the initial sip, the flavors are fine. It, it definitely has orange and chocolate, but it's not great. I don't even know if it's good. It's not, not super impressed by this one. Yeah. I won't push back against you saying it's not great. I agree. It's not great, but I think it's pretty okay in terms of cream ale body. Like I, I don't necessarily need something too thick when I go in for a cream ale, my sort of go-to measure or, or uh, yeah, measuring bar, there's a better word for that, barometer in my brain is Cali Creamin from, I think, Mother Earth Brewing. And mm. that's like, I think in the same ballpark ABV wise, it's like five and a half ish. And it's like a really sort of mellow, creamy, light ale. And that's kind of what I was hoping for here. And to that extent, I got it. What I still predictably didn't like is, is the chocolate and orange thing. There isn't as much chocolate as I was afraid of, which is nice. But there's still enough there paired with that kind of biting citrusness on the back burner that is enough to to almost put me off. Yeah, I think the citrus with the probably hoppy bitterness is not balancing well with the chocolate for me. I think it's just too much of the the bite and not enough smooth. I think the flavor it comes off as a little bristly and too bitey and not creamy like a cream ale and not chocolatey. Um it's just a little too sharp around the edges and it's just too watery. I'm I'm not into it. You a fan of orange creamsicles, the popsicle? Yes. I am too. A lot. I really like I think they're very good. I believe I've even had a, a creamsicle type beer before. And this is more akin to a hot summer's day creamsicle that got dropped in the mud, but you've been looking forward to it all day, so you just pick it up and keep licking it, you know? Yeah. Or like if you took one of those and just dunked it into a mug of like Paps Blue Ribbon. Oh, that's actually weirdly on point. Yeah, it's that it's mm-hmm. that weird sort of yeah, like that um that macro lager carbonation thing going on. Yeah, and that that bitiness at yeah. the end. Yeah, almost like that's yeah. almost like a like a sweet like a like a sour bitter not sour bitterness, but like a sour almost thing happening. Yeah, like if you drink this enough, like my mouth is kind of sour right now from mm-hmm. from drinking just a couple sips. Okay. Um I like I like it okay, I guess. Um, I know that my comparison to a popsicle in mud is uh, not the highest praise I've ever gotten, but I, I don't hate this beer, so I, I want to say just a couple more things that I do enjoy. I think it's light enough. I like that most of those flavors are pretty okay. I'm, again, not a fan of the chocolate orange thing. I, dark chocolate, I don't know. Maybe I'm not sophisticated or whatever, but give me a Hershey's bar over a Ghirardelli 90% cacao bar any day. So maybe I'm a kid, <laughs> but... But I think that the chocolate is relatively subtle here. And if I were in the mood, particularly for like an orange cream ale, I'd be okay with this. But again, like you said in the beginning, it's definitely not great. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm not reaching for this anytime soon or recommending it. I think this beer's this beer's a miss for me. Big time. Okay, then let's break apart High Water's heart. Well, so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> give, me a, Stop it. give me an out of 10 rating, my friend. Oh, man. Out of 10, this beer is like a 2.7. 2.7. Pretty low. I'm going to go with a four. I think that's fine. You know, I'm going to go with the three. I think three is, well, no, I feel good about it. No, I'm going to go three. Okay. Three for me, <laughs> 2.7 for you. That's Break Apart from High Water Brewing. Johnny Summers, do you have anything else on this beer or shall we move on? Well, I just hope to God that the second beer is better. So cross your fingers, cross your toes. That's break apart. Uh, It broke my heart, broke my feelings, man. I'm I'm offended. Well, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Get a chance to try this beer for some reason. Uh, I would love to know what you think because this one, this one's going to have some opinions. Reach out. Let me know. FHCcast at (laughs) gmail.com or find us on all the social medias that we mentioned, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. And don't forget... Rate, review, all that good stuff. Here is a trailer for this week's movie, Old. And if you haven't seen it yet, we're not going to spoil it. So don't, because you look, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. There's going to be some spoilers, but it won't happen until the danger zone. So stick around. We'll talk about Old right after this. No kids allowed on the beach? What? No. I'm not true. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. We never leave each other. Nothing separates us. Are we there yet? You said five minutes. Technically, it's been more than five minutes. Let's just all start slowing down. Wow. Do you believe I found this online? I guess it's not that secret a piece. Whoa. Who would leave this? From the hotel! They're so rusted! 
What's happening? Found stuff from the hotel in the sand. I don't know. What happened to her? The body has decomposed. How quickly can that happen? Seven years. But she just died. Wait, where are the kids? Trent! Kara! Come here! Hey, have you seen my children? Mom? I'm I'm right here. Why are you looking at me like that? What's happening to us? My daughter just turned six two weeks ago. Whatever's happening to us is happening very fast. You have wrinkles. There's something wrong with this beach. What's happening? Mom! 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 I'm scared! We have to get off this beach! People are blacking out going this way. If she makes it to the ledge, she might have a chance. Why is she stopping? Why is she stopping? Kara, wake up! Wake up! They have to know what this place does. I don't know! You're lying! Look! What is that? A message. We never leave each other. Nothing separates us. We're connected to something bigger. Oh, no. We're here for a reason. That, again, was a trailer for Old. It's a thriller about a family on a tropical holiday who discover that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. If that sounds like an M. Night Shyamalan kind of movie, it's because it is. It was written and directed by him, adapted from a French-Swiss graphic novel by the name of Sandcastle from writers Pierre-Oscar Lévy and Frédéric Peters. I don't know a Swiss accent, but this movie stars, and here we go. Gael Garcia Bernal, he plays Guy. He's the father of this family of four, and his wife, uh, Prisca, played by Vicky Creeps, who is the first, it's the first time I've seen her since, I think, Phantom Thread a couple years ago. She is his wife. She's a museum curator who we find out has a pretty intense tumor and these two are about to split up, but they want to take their family on one last vacation before they break the news to their kids. Uh, Trent and Maddox played here by Alex Wolf and Emin Elliott. They both play Trent at various points in this timeline. And then Thomas and McKenzie and Embeth Davids play Maddox at different stages in her life. We also have Rufus Sewell. He is playing Charles, who is a doctor. And there's also a smattering of other characters that we will probably get into as we discuss the plot of this film more. But for now, this film came to theaters July 23rd, and it runs 108 minutes. Johnny Summers, what did Yo. you? Th- what do you think of M Night Shyamalan in general? And and then what do you think of Old? Um, pretty cold on his movies. There's been maybe two that I liked. I thought Signs was cool. Sure. And the Village was cool. And then I believe I liked Lady in the Water. Okay. I believe you liked um, The Sixth Sense also. And the Sixth Sense was good, but Sixth I mean Sense that was great. That was him just establishing himself with his his style and his type of formula as a filmmaker sure. and a director. Um, but I think once you get to a certain point, you either need to innovate or stop. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know where I'm at with him after this movie. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that's where I'm at with M. Nye Shyamalan. Okay. And then, yeah. So what, what did you, I mean, your expectations sound like they were probably pretty low going into old? Yeah, you know, I mean, you watch Shyamalan movies for the twist. It's formulaic at this point. You know there's a twist. You know there's a plot, and you know there's a weird twist or maybe a weird explanation of why everything's happened. You just know it's coming, so you almost mm-hmm. don't watch for the movie as much as to just watch what find, find out what happens. And it, it felt like with this movie, that is exactly what happened. I was very disappointed in this movie in that 
95% of the movie was completely covered in any trailer that you've seen of this. Mm -hmm. Literally Mm -hmm. 95% of it. So, you know, I wasted a good chunk of my life for like 10 minutes of payoff that wasn't really that surprising of a twist. Not going to tell you what it was because obviously this is the spoiler free section, but I think the ratio of entertaining uh, surprising content, scary content even. Mm. Sometimes you're looking for that in a movie like this. You want maybe some scares, some creepiness. Sure, sure. Um, but the ratio of that to the payoff was way disproportionate. Super didn't like the way that this movie was laid out. And maybe if I hadn't seen a single trailer and went in completely blind, which is nearly impossible this day and age, mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed this movie slightly more. Uh, but it was it was predictable the definition of formulaic. Uh, I thought some of the acting was fine, but it was just overall really not redeeming. And to be honest, not very entertaining to me in, in a lot of ways. I think M night Shyamalan is, he think he's aware of this. I think this movie might be the comedy event of the summer. And, <laughs> and I, you know, cause I went in going like it's, it's advertised as a thriller and, and maybe some suspense elements, obviously, like the trailers are all very, as you just heard, are like all very tense. And yeah. in, in sort of the opening moments that we are on the beach, we meet, we meet a character who is named, he, he's a rapper, he's like a, you get the vibes, like a SoundCloud rapper kind of deal. And his, his name is Midsize Sedan. And that's not a name. And that's, I laughed more in this movie than a lot of other movies. So I think if you change sort of your expectations from a Shyamalan kind of perspective to to a comedy. This movie's pretty good Um, because, and I guess on a more serious note, like none of the stuff that, that, that you want in a film of this nature is there. Like I'm a big fan of sort of claustrophobic single location films. I I think when done right, those can be very fulfilling and very rewarding, especially on a thriller suspense level. But it seems increasingly to me that, that Shyamalan is like so focused on the payoff that he is more and more just kind of disregarding any sense of real human interaction in all of his films. Like, yeah, I, I'm not with you on, on the village. I think it was okay, but um, he's certainly to me gotten, gotten worse over the years. And, and part just of that, like Joaquin Phoenix. Sure. Part of that is the, is the formulaic nature of a lot of his films though. And like, cause you do go in and you're like, there's what's, what's the explanation for all this insanity. And sure enough, it does come in this movie, but at what cost, you know, like, the reason I wanted to list sort of the, the the things that we are presented with as far as ailments go is that that's basically what these characters are reduced to on this beach. Like it's like line for line, their dialogue is if you were trying to explain to a kid what their job is like um, the, uh, the, the dad guy, he's an actuary. He's a, he's a risk assessor. It's like, he's yeah. always just talking about like the mathematical probability of this happening and like, I don't know, they all have these little ticks and none of it seems real or human. And as a result, I never got invested in caring about any of these characters. So when things no. go awry, it's like, all right. And you just sense it is a Shyamalan film. And you, you, you know what you're getting into. It's like more and more weight gets put on sort of this payoff. And I think his payoffs are getting worse. Uh, so I, you know, as a suspense thriller, I think this movie blows chunks, but it is very funny if you go in with that expectation. Yeah, but Max, it wasn't supposed to be funny. And that's the thing. I think it was. I think he knows because he's not an idiot. Like, I think he knows what people expect of him. And I think he's messing with us because you don't name a character mid-sized sedan unless you know it's a joke. Yeah, but also you can make a joke of a movie like and joke at your own expense or with your own, you know, reputation as the punchline. But you still have to make a good movie. And this wasn't a good movie. Dude, people keep seeing his movies. People, studios keep paying him to make them. I think he's like, look, I'm 50 years old. I can do this all day long. I, he's like he's like stars in this movie. He, he's like a whole character that we can talk about in a minute. But I think he knows. And I, I don't want to believe anything besides that. I just want to think that he's just pranking us all. And I, I caught it. I'm, I'm perceptive enough as a, as a movie viewer that I, I see the joke. M. Night, I see what you're doing. All right, so your whole take is that he has turned his career into a, a character piece. Like, it's what's the, what was that guy's name that was a fake DJ that threw cakes at people? I don't know. Uh, Steve Aoki. There was a whole documentary about how his whole career was just a character piece, and okay. he was this like over the top 
caricature mm-hmm. and that like it was all just a joke the whole time. Like if people are going to eat it up, I guess no cake pun intended there, but like do it. Like if that's what you're trying to do, if you're making a statement about and you could draw lines about what he is making a statement about if you believe that that's what Shyamalan's doing, as I do. Um, but like mess with people. Why not? I would do it. I suppose, but also, was it worth your time? Did you enjoy being messed with by M. Night Shyamalan enough to say that this was worth seeing and you enjoyed your 108 minutes? I actually or did. You- no, I did. I had a good time in the theater. Like I had popcorn. I went with, with my wife and a couple of friends. And like, we, we, by the way, are either the smartest or the dumbest people in that theater because nobody else was laughing at some mm. very funny moments. Like there's a scene where Guy is looking at his son kind of side-eyed um, and can't like totally see him, but he just kind of grins at him. Like he kind of sees him and mm-hmm. it's, it's such a comically framed shot. Like there's no way it's not intentionally funny. Yeah. I, I don't know. Quite a bit. Like it's, it's a funny movie. <laughs> I don't so, know, man. That's the takeaway here is, is old is the, the number one comedy, comedy in America. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a funny movie. That's an interesting take. I was not expecting that. It's, it's also, look, and if it's not a funny movie, it's a terrible movie. I'm, gonna, I'm in the terrible camp. That's the easy camp to be in. That's, that's kind of where I was going to be, but I was like, you know what? Let's put a positive spin on it. We'll make it, it a, can a be, fun, positive movie. I think a movie that made me giggle a few times can very much so still be terrible. Well, that's true. That's a good point. You laugh at a lot of dumb comedies. I do, and they're <laughs> terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just because it made me laugh doesn't, you know, by default, make it a good movie. But if yeah. you enjoyed it for that, then that's that was your experience. I'm firmly in the camp of this was a hot, steaming pile of garbage. Yeah, I suppose I won't actually suggest people go see it. I do want to talk really quickly, though, because I part of the reason I was so excited is the cast list, particularly Alex Wolf, who we, I think, know mostly from Hereditary, and I'll talk about him later in the show when I cover my flick pick, and, and Thomas and McKenzie, who we most recently, I think, covered when she was in uh, Jojo Rabbit and then before that mm-hmm. in Leave No Trace. Both very, very talented actors. Same with Vicky Creeps. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She was great in Phantom Thread. Like, that's more like, y'all read the script and you still signed up for this. And I just don't know why you would do that if you didn't think it was a joke. Like, if you didn't think it yeah. was a comedy. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It was weird, man. I was disappointed that they didn't do more with Thomas and McKenzie. I thought she's such a great actress. It would have been nice to see, you know, she's so like empathetic as a, an actress. Like, yes, she can connect with anyone on screen and like, she's got such a depth to her personality. It was a a real bummer to not see this movie utilize that and just play into her, her skill set. It was very, very disappointing and it felt very shallow. Yeah. I want to harp a little bit too, if I can go back to sort of I love criticizing or examining sort of the rules of any given universe because we are on an isolated beach and there's this phenomenon happening where people are aging, but it's not everybody. It's like mostly the kids and the kids mm-hmm. are aging rapidly. Like, cause like, you can see it. Yeah. And that's kind of how they play it off. Like the adults are already basically how they look, except like some of them get really old and like a couple of them get like wrinkles, but there's a lot that happens in a short amount of time with certain characters and not others. Like they find a body on the beach and that decomposes in minutes. But yeah. then like, I don't understand what gets old and what doesn't. And that's frustrating to me because if you're, if you're hanging your whole movie on this aging thing, like I need some consistency in the rules. Yeah. So that was I don't frustrating. Think, I don't think that anyone cared. No, probably not. And I, that's that's kind of my point. Like he doesn't he doesn't care. Shamalan doesn't. He's like, mm, just put it out there. People are gonna people are gonna watch it. I'm gonna make money, and I'll make another one. It's way more dramatic to just have like a decomposed skeleton that was a body ten minutes ago. Right. Right. Um. Can we can we talk about any of like the specific plot points that happen on the beach, or are you thinking that's too spoilery? I think it's a little spoilery. We should probably let it rest pretty close to where we are. Okay, I think that's probably fair then. Um, you got anything else that, I, that isn't spoiling? Uh, there was three people that played Trent and three people that played Maddox. I know. Uh, the youngest actors aren't listed, but yeah, they did range from like six to 60. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it was wild, man. Uh, that was a trip. Man, one of my favorite quotes from this movie is, is I think it's Thomas and Mackenzie's Maddox talking. Uh, yeah, I think it's her. And she's talking to mid-sized sedan and she's just jumped. She, yeah. <laughs> I say that with, I know. And, and she's talking to him and she's just jumped several years and yeah. she's describing what we are all 
I think it was her, or maybe it's like the middle-aged her. I think it might've been, um, and Beth Davids. And she's clearly like got the hots for, for old midsize. And mm-hmm. she's describing this to him in a way by saying, I, I don't, I don't understand what's happening before in my life. I had just a few colors, but they were all very vivid. And now I have many colors, but they're subdued. Which I feel like if it's not a joke, M. Night Shyamalan's just sitting there like, this is gorgeous. This is poetry in motion. I can't wait to hire an actress to say this. And it's going to be amazing. And it's not. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got the the Dr. Charles just with throwaway lines like, what's his surname? Sedan? I know. Yeah. Do you call him Mr. Sedan? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I think it's at one just, point he does say his real name. Like that's clearly his rapper name, but like mm-hmm. the damage is done once you've said mid-sized sedan. Yeah. <laughs> A terrible name. <laughs> so silly. Uh, okay. Well, I feel, feel pretty good on old then, I guess, if you do. Yeah, I feel something about it. <laughs> okay, then. Johnny Summers, uh, out of 10, what do you have for old? This is a 2.1. Seems high. Okay, 2.1. It seems high. Well, a little bit, yeah. I mean, and and I'm not going to rate it as a comedy because all joking aside, I don't think that's probably what it was trying to be, but I do think you can enjoy it from that perspective. But if I yeah. put on my my little critic's hat, I'm going to go back to, to you know treating it as it's advertised and as I think it was intended, which is a tense suspense thriller. Yeah. And from that angle, I'm I got to go with a one. Yeah. It's it's terrible. There's nothing redeeming in this film from that perspective. I feel like for a movie to get under two for me, it has to be like unwatchable. Like this was in a very base way. It was watchable. Like, yeah, it was a terrible movie, but it did make me giggle. And there was, you know, some things that were a little cool, like just staring at the beach. But like, I don't know. I think to get under that, it has to be just absolutely unwatchable and I have to hate every second of watching it for it to get below a two for me. What's a movie that is unwatchable? Ooh, I don't think I've ever rated a movie below a two. I think you rated a rival worse than this. That would make sense. No, it wouldn't. It would make no sense, but we don't need to rehash that argument. No. Okay. Well, that's old. It's a 2.1 for Johnny. It's a one for me, as low as the scale goes. And once again, you have been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Old, if you are so inclined, is now probably in a theater near you. If you happen to see it and you have thoughts of your own, find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema or to send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. That's right. Or you can head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com, for reviews of movies, of beers, and full episodes dating way back to 2016. To our KZFR listeners, full-length rest of this conversation will be available tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., wherever you get your podcasts. And to all of our podcast listeners, we'll be right back to talk spoilers in the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone, everybody. It's a part of the podcast where we spoil the movie as if we've all just seen it, or at the very least, don't care about spoiling it, which I think this week... Pretty good movie for it. I don't think I'm going to be like, hey, pause the show and go see it and come back. I think wherever you're at now is fine. You should listen to this. Right. Okay. Um, how do you want, how do you want to do this? Oh, man. Well, let's just uh, let's just start ripping it a new one. Okay. So what nobody else heard is that I made a flawless edit earlier when we were talking about it. I took out the part where I listed the, uh, the, the Rufus Sewell's character, Charles. He has schizophrenia. And is somehow after killing, I believe it was mid-sized sedan first, allowed to keep his knife. Don't know yeah, no. why that's the case, but nobody felt thought, like taking it. I thought they took it away. Well, he got it back. Yeah. So they didn't do a very good job. They could have thrown yeah, it in the just, ocean. Like, they just stuck it in the bag and then just left the bag like right next to him. Yeah. So, okay. So, I don't know, man. This is all very bad. We can pinpoint certain stuff, but I guess, I guess the most... Uh, maybe accessible thing to talk about is probably the twist. I don't even think it's a twist. It's just an explanation at this point. It's not a twist. No, it wasn't a twist. It was just why it happened. They're testing medicine, everybody. Woohoo. Which for what it's worth is actually pretty cool. Sure. They, they hand select all these people who have potentially life threatening uh, issues and put them on this beach, which has molecular differences to our normal world because of this giant rock sort of cliff 
and it accelerates the aging process. So what they do is research all these people, give them medicine, experimental medicine they're trying out. And in the case of Patricia, the psychologist played by Nikki Amuka Bird, she had seizures. And for, you know, however many years of her life she was on the beach, quote unquote, she didn't have a seizure. So success, their medicine was working. Yeah, I think at the end they said she had like 16 years equivalent time yeah. not having a seizure, which like, that's cool. Like that actually kind of is cool and yes. makes sense. Yeah, that's like the one moment you're like, oh, well, like I still don't agree with the ethics of this, but like that's a neat thing and potentially more redeemable. Yeah, I feel like you could get people to volunteer for that though. Like, do you really need to that's, kidnap people? Yeah, like I, yeah, people would for sure like, why don't you get everybody with cancer who would be like, yes, for sure. I'd love, like, give me a shot. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, maybe literally, but also like a chance is what I mean. Yeah, exactly. I feel like all the the medicine shit that they were dosing them with was in the the cocktails that they got when they showed up. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like that the little um the little son of the resort owner is like writing a code to our Ibli. dude. Yeah, and like telling him like, don't fucking go to that beach, man. I've lost a lot of playmates to this shit, right. and you shouldn't go. Lost a lot of friends. Yeah. Can we talk about um? hypocalcemia cave monster yeah that was creepy that was like the only physical like payoff that there was in this movie man i was busting up at that point too that was so ridiculous like so that's crystal again she's the one in the beginning where she's like needs to have her very special milk because she's she's calcium deficient and i guess over a long enough time apparently your body will just contort in on itself and you you can't support your weight you just snap all your bones yeah, it was very like it was very possessiony feeling. Yeah, um, little snap, crackle, pop action. So, dad and mom lose their vision and hearing, respectively. Get knife attacked, and then mm-hmm. run to find their kids. Say, kids who are now adults, kids, we need to run. Go hide. And in my brain, it's hard not to be like, "There's four of you against a dude with a pocket knife." Like, and your your wounds heal immediately. Yeah. So just just get him. Yeah, just, just get him. Just get him, you know? That yeah. didn't make sense. A lot of it doesn't make sense. Um, Most of this movie didn't make sense. I accidentally said out loud during our viewing, the parents are talking because the kids are in the tent talking about their hormones probably. Uh-huh. And then it cuts back to the parents and they're like, where are the kids? And I was just like, they're having sex with each other. And then she comes out pregnant and then the baby dies of, and I quote, lack of attention, which maybe, I don't know. <clears throat> Yeah, I thought all that whole sequence was a little wonky. Like I know. That's, why was that in there even? Like, that didn't... Okay, cool. Yeah, and then girlfriend tries to climb up the cliff, and then she passes out because of reasons and dies. I don't know. A lot of, like, potentially really traumatic stuff happens, but none of it worked traumatically for me. It was just all comically. Yeah, there was, what, twice in this movie that people are in water and bodies nudge them? Like yes. that? Like, yes. why'd you need that twice? It don't wasn't know. scary the first nope. time. nope. I guess it's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm on the swim team. I can make it. Oh, I forgot about that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how important it was. It was they were completely underwater. fucking forgettable. When they went to the coral, they were underwater for a very long time. I don't think you're holding your breath that long, especially, I don't know if, if I even want to like, right. If, if it's, <laughs> if, if your lungs are aging, can you hold that breath in? Like, is it, I don't get it. I think your lungs would, would evolve or, or grow old so quickly that air would probably just be not air anymore. Yeah, you might be able to hold your breath for like a second. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think we should overthink that one either. Yeah, probably. Don't overthink any of this movie, man. So then the M. Night Shyamalan character is yep. just a, a tour guide that is like hired to make sure they don't leave the beach. That's kind of the deal. Yeah, he's the one that drops them off. And then and like then, watches them for some reason. Yeah, I think he's recording data. Like he said when they left, he's like, I'm bringing the drives with me. So he's like videoing right. everything, obviously. They're, they're experiments, and these are what they say, like, test batch 73 or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah, they're like lab rats. They're going to film how they behave and all that, see if the drugs worked. And why are there other people at this resort to, like, sell it, that it's a real resort kind of thing? Yeah, man. They got to keep up the front. It'd be really weird if you just showed up and it's, like, just you and some other people that are also pretty sick. But in such like, a, yeah, in such a high high classified sort of facility, wouldn't you probably just, like, plant those people? Maybe, maybe they were planted. Well, then there was the cop there who was just enjoying his vacation. <laughs> Alex Wolf's character shows up basically 40 years later I, mm-hmm. and is just like, you're a cop, right? Here, bust bust this crime syndicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. 
Yeah, hands him in the notebook. He's like, call the FBI. Yeah, right. Call the president. <laughs> yeah. We got to get somebody on this. And then obviously he does and yeah. whatnot. But man, yeah, it was like, I don't know. It would make sense for him to keep it up as like an actual resort and then just like kidnap people, especially if they have, the, like the lady was saying, they have our passports and stuff. Totally. They could make it dis- make us disappear like we never even left our houses. It just seems like there's too many variables. Like what if one of the people they're planning on kidnapping makes friends with like a family who's actually at the resort and then that family's like, hey, where did our friend go? Yeah. They got to kill that person, I guess. Which is a lot more work, obviously. I guess, yeah. Or take them to the beach. I don't know. <laughs> you want to know where they went? Come with me. Hop in my van. I'm Let's at go Mike find Shyamalan. them. We'll, we'll rescue them together. Shamalan yeah. uh, Ding Dong. <laughs> okay, I'm good on this, if you are. Bro, I've been good on it. Okay. This movie sucks. It's not good. <laughs> um, okay, beer number two, Johnny. What are we drinking? Tell me about it, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, boom, out goes the lights. It's our second beer from High Water. It is a Goza with uh, stuff in it, which I'll read in a second. It's 8.5%, and the description from their website, 8.5. This is a bigger beer. I know. It wasn't always this big. They changed it kind of recently. Well, they had a – this is a different version. I think out goes the lights is the original that was bottled that was a lower ABV. This is the boom, boom, mm. out goes the lights. So that boom, boom gives you a little pow, pow right in the trunk of your midsize sedan. You've got to say so, goes. you got to say boom, boom, out goes other lights. Goes other out lights. Out goes, out goes the lights. Yeah. But that was funny. All I right. Mean, that was funny in the midsize sedan. Uh, thank you. Uh, description from their website reads, brewed as a goze inspired ale. Huh. Ale. It doesn't say ale. It just says inspired. Yep. Style. Apple juice, galangal root, and pink Himalayan sea salt. Refreshing and almost champagne-like beer. A traditional sour mash with some not-so-traditional ingredients. We hope you enjoy celebratory creation that we offer for the curious palate. Hmm. Do you know what galangal root is? It's a root, man. It is a root. It's, um... Obviously. It's, it's, uh, it's basically, it's a variant on galanga. It's a, it's, which is no help to anybody. Can refer, I'm just reading, can refer in common usage to the aromatic rhizome... (laughs) I like how you just gave up. (laughs) (laughs) You're like trying to say it like you know this. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's never going to come out of my mouth naturally. Is The word galangal or its variant galanga can refer to the common usage to the aromatic. It's basically ginger, everybody. It's from the ginger family. So just say ginger, you bunch of nerds at high water. Galangal root. (laughs) Galangal. Although, let's be real, right up there with saying mid-sized sedan. So fun. It's pretty fun to say. Yeah. Did I cut you off? Were you still reading the description? Nope. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. I'm curious about the 8.5. That feels really high for a Goza-style beer. Um, and apple juice is interesting to me in the description. They're not saying yeah. it evokes flavors of apple juice. I think what they're saying is there's apple juice in this alongside galangal mm-hmm. root and pink Himalayan sea salt. Yeah. So have you tried it? Yeah. Oh, no. Wait, don't say anything. Yeah. I want to try it too. Okay. Gross. <laughs> oh, it's it's like it's like um it's like it's like you know when you let fruit juice go like orange juice go a little bit too long and it starts to feel carbonated because it's fermenting and going bad. Yeah. It's like that, but apple juice. Yeah, it's it's like you've got some saline solution yes. in, in your apple juice, or like you're you're at the beach and you're trying to swim away from aging too fast and you get water in your juice box and it tastes like ocean water. Yeah, it's salty as heck on the back end. And it's not sour at all. Mm-mm. There's mm. like nope. zero notes of tartness zero in tart. this whatsoever. And yep. like with the Goza, you're expecting that at least a little bit, like a little tart, a little tang, a little, yeah. little something. Oh, yeah, that's that's on a God. first sip. Very, very, Damn. very unpleasant in, in my This beer is a mid-sized disappointment. Mm-hmm. I think that's being generous. Oh, my God. No, that's... Ugh. That's going to be a, a, non, a non-finisher a non for me. No, that's horrible. Well, I don't know there's much room to, to discuss further than this. Is there anything else that you can think of wanting to touch on? Oh, it, no, don't drink this. It tastes like salty apple juice. Yeah, and there's a really intense kind of acidity on the back end that is also kind of back of my throat, sort of just kind of like sitting heavy. Yeah, yeah. This There's nothing redeeming about this. It doesn't taste apple enough or goza nope. enough. 
nope. uh, to make this good. It doesn't even taste very gingery. Where's the galangal? Give I me some that, ginger. That might be kind of the heat that I get on the aftertaste, mm. but yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a salty heat. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, who? Which is wants that on a hundred degree day? Yeah. Who Just signs up for salty, salty heat? heat? Um. How much? I'm was not this? eating. I'm not eating curry nope. here. Nope. Nope. Jesus. God in heaven, this beer's some trash. <laughs> what did it cost us? <sighs> too much. Like 100% too much. Yeah. They should pay me to drain pour this. This was uh, like five bucks. Yeah. I don't I don't like that they tag on the end of the description uh, that we offer for the curious palate. I don't, I don't know that me disliking this means I'm not curious. I think that my curiosity ends where uh, this beer begins, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got to rate it. So boom, boom, out. Boom, here we go. Boom, boom, out goes of the lights from high water. What are you going to, what are you going to give it, dude? Out of 10. Uh, like a 0.5. I don't think you can go below a one. We've talked about this. The scale is one to All 10. Right. It, then it's a 1.1. 1. 1. Oh, why, why the extra 0.1? Because I don't do even numbers, man. Yes, you do. And no, I can I verifiably tell you probably right now, if you want to know, you do do even numbers. Not for a long time. Not since I elevated my palate. And my brain got curious. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, then you're going to have to tell me why it's a point one instead of just saying because you don't give it a total one. Like, what, what is the point one? Like, why not point two? It's the five cent redemption value I get for the can. Oh, I see. I see. I see. You know, it's all I got. You gave the 105 from Masagundo a flat four. Hmm. That was back well, on uh, episode 217. So not even that, that long ago. A, that was a mistake. Yeah, mistake. Okay. I'm a professional, but I still make mistakes, man. All right. Well, it's a one for me, and I think that's enough of high water for today. What do you think? I don't think they're going to be friends of the show anytime soon. Sorry, I, guys. I think that's probably correct. That yeah, said, if, I would try another beer from them, of course. Please, please I, send, send you know, them. Send, send the beers, please. Can I can I wrap this in a silver lining? They make a cucumber Kolsch. I love that cucumber Kolsch. That beer's fucking amazing. Why? Why? Are, why? 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 I just want to drink that beer. Yeah, I could go for one of those. That'd be a great beer today. It's so hot out. Like, I'm honestly, like, upset that, like, a brewery that gets distribution made two beers that are this goddamn bad. That shouldn't happen. No, probably not. It's very confusing. Uh, I think I've I've completely crapped all over them enough. I think I'm done. Want a trailer for my flick pick? Sure. Please. Give me something else. Anything else. I'm looking for a truffle pig. Someone stole her. I don't understand. Tell me you are. You made the right choice being out there in the woods. There's nothing here for you anymore. There's really nothing here for most of us. Buy yourself a new pig. What are you thinking? I remember. Every meal I ever cooked. I remember every person I ever served. You live your life for them, and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. We don't get a lot of things to really care about. Who has my pig? <laughs> okay, that was a trailer for Pig. It's a new film starring Nicolas Cage. And I think Roger Ebert, uh, their website, I don't know who the contributor was here. Maybe I can find it real quick. Um, yeah, Matt Zoller uh, cites on, on Roger Ebert said this of the plot. The film begins with the hero, Nick Cage's quiet and introverted woodsman, Rob, in a cabin with his pig, who is referred to only as Pig. We see them hunting for truffles together, and we watch Rob doting on Pig and cooking up mushrooms in a pan. Pig appears to have a knack for finding exquisite fungi when a younger man named Amir, played second time on the show today by Alex Wolf, shows up to buy a haul of truffles. We're given to understand that Amir is Rob's main source of income, but that he doesn't need much because he's committed to living off the grid, commuting with nature, and nursing a motherload of grief over a woman. We don't know how he lost her, only that he has audio recordings of her that he can't bring himself to play. And then Pig is kidnapped in the middle of the night, pulled out of the house squealing. Rob is anguished. He wants to go to the nearest big city, Portland, because he's pretty sure that's where she is, and he has a vague idea of who might have taken her. 
So in the spirit of old, I think this is a movie in which expectation going in is fairly important. Have you seen trailers for this? Oh yeah. I wanted to say I recommended it to you. Did um, I put this on your radar when I suggested it? No, I actually, you might have, but I forgot. And that's my bad. But I was looking, I just felt like going to the movies this past weekend. Um, and I didn't want to see old yet because I had plans to go with people. It's like, well, it's Nick Cage for sure. And when I saw this trailer, it looked like a cross between like John Wick and Mandy. We're like a, 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 a scorned guy with a special set of skills goes and takes revenge on, on something horrible that's happened to him. That's kind of the vibe, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the movie. That's not what it is. So I think it's important if you're considering seeing pig to know that, um, what it is, is more of a cross between fight club first cow, and maybe some food documentary that has the utmost ref reverence for, for what, what meals can be. This is directed by Michael Sarnowski. It's his first film, which I found very impressive. And it's all about sort of this man's journey on finding peace with his past, which kind of checks out for John Wick vibes. Um, but through the avenues of like the secret society of restaurant workers and like this unspoken underground code in Portland. And like, it's clear that Rob is this figure of renown and, and legend almost, but he's been like out of the scene for a while. And it's all about like going through and like seeing people recognize him and him and Amir again, Alex Wolf kind of as his guide through this city um, discovering who he actually was. And like these two sort of going on this not road trip exactly. Cause it's all in Portland, but this adventure together. And it's really great. It's some of Nick Cage's best. Nice. Are you interested in seeing this? hundred percent. Okay. Then I won't say too much more aside from saying, if you are interested in Nick Cage or any of the stuff I just described, do see pig and go in with, go in with little expectation outside of what I've told you. I think beyond that, the less, you know, the better. I also really loved the soundtrack and I didn't, uh, I didn't pull up who did it, but it was fantastic. Very, very ambiance and environment sort of driven and, and moody and kind of it's something easy to soak in. It was really nice. Excellent. I, uh, yeah. Give me an out of 10 on pig. I'm gonna give it like an eight. Ooh. Yeah. I really, I really liked it. I think yeah, Nick Cage is great. He gets to do like the quiet thing that he does in Willie's Wonderland, but yeah. less goofy. And also like, he has this really sort of strong, charismatic, almost like monkish kind of presence about him. Like when he speaks, you listen and you know that he's not bullshitting you on anything. That sounds awesome. Dude, they're so into this movie. There's a great scene where he's trying to get information about this pig from the owner of a restaurant that it was really tough to get reservations at. And the owner comes out and recognizes him. Um, and he, uh, Nick Cage's character, Rob, gives the owner this whole speech because I guess the guy used to work for him and he had dreams of of opening up a little pub in Portland. And he's like, did you ever do your dreams kind of thing? And he was like, no, people don't want that. They want fine dining and experiences. And Rob basically deconstructs the whole thing. Like people don't give a shit about you. They don't care about your dreams. You need to do what makes you happy and you need to fulfill. And he breaks this guy down in a really nice way, but then also gets the information that he wants. It's fantastic. He does such a great job. All right. I'm super into it. Okay. That's pig. Check it out. If you want, let's move into hot and bothered. Johnny, what's got you hot and bothered this week? Well, it's been a busy weekend of Olympic coverage. Been pretty mm. deep in the Olympics all of a sudden, just starting to care about things I've never cared about because yep. the Olympics are on, and that's what you do. Um, but aside from that, uh, I had a nice lunch date. We went on a double date with Andy and Lori. Uh, Andy from SNS, you reference him on the show all the time. He's mm. a good homie. And his wife, Lori, went to the handlebar, had a nice time. I dove pretty deep into their... Uh, specialty cocktail menu. Um, I had what was called a lavender linen, which was so a good. white linen. Oh great. my God. It's fantastic. White linen, one of my all-time favorite cocktails. Lavender linen, absolutely tremendous. So had a really nice lunch date, had some food there, uh, broke up the weekend nicely because it was super smoky. That was probably what yeah. I bothered for the weekend. It was just a good weekend to not go outside and try and not look outside or breathe outside. So Yeah. I'm gonna go with that uh, for my bothered slash hot, and mm-hmm. also randomly won a radio contest this morning. When's the last time you even called in for a radio contest? Uh, eighth grade, maybe. Yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, I I was using one of our work vans that is not the vehicle I normally drive, and it was set to I think 
96.7 KZAP, like okay. classic rock radio Chico. Gotcha. Um, and they just started playing a commercial for the Madison Bear Garden. And I'm like, man, that sounds good. I haven't had a Bear Burger in a while. And then mm-hmm. the DJ is like, well, if you want to win, you know, $25 gift card and a shirt, caller number seven. I'm like, well, I'm not driving anywhere. I'll call. Sure. And I don't think anyone was listening because I got <laughs> caller number three oh my and I got caller number seven. I got nice, through dude. multiple times. So Good for you. Yeah, that was kind of a fun way to start the day. Like, God, this is just nostalgic. Like I went to the radio station today to pick up my prize. Uh, just weird nostalgia, fun. Like I didn't even know that radio still existed, much less people still did that. Like, you know, we're on, you know, we're on the radio. Yeah. You and but, I like KZFR, like talk radio obviously still exists. Like. I don't get into my car and turn on FM radio like that doesn't exist in my universe anymore. Yeah, I guess I guess I, like a lot of yeah, like like XM radio or or Spotify or podcasts have kind of kind of probably contributed to a decline in in radio listenership over the years. I would imagine. Yeah, like terrestrial radio is like not what it once was by any stretch of the imagination. Like shit, half these days you get you get in your car and your phone just pairs with your car and starts playing your phone's music. Yeah. Yeah, true. So, yeah. So it was fun. It was a bit of nostalgia for me. So that was that's the highlight of my day. Well, congrats, man. I'm glad I'm glad you were calling number seven and three. Good job. Thanks, man. What about a, you? What you got going on? Yeah, I had a gig. Oh, I had a couple gigs this weekend. Um, there was supposed to be one I had on Saturday out of town when you and I had our meeting, which I'll talk about in a second. But that got canceled because it was in Greenville, which is just a stone's throw from uh, the fire that's going on. So it was canceled for smoke. Um, yeah. And instead, I played for the very first time at Canyon Oaks Country Club, which is... Um, it's the best way to describe where it is. It's it's in Upper Bidwell Park, but it's not the one that is by the uh, observatory. Is that what the thing's called? Yeah, it's Canyon Oaks is where the golf course is. Correct. Although there's Bidwell Golf Course is also one. So there's two golf courses up there. Um, oh, okay. And it's the one that is on uh, that is that is not the one by like by Monkey Face. It's not that one. If mm. that helps anybody. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so I played that. It was super fun. And then a few friends showed up and. It was a three-hour gig, so I played like five to eight, I think. And then they were all still hanging out. They're like, hey, do you want to come and just play music at our house? And I was like, well, that sounds like fun. Uh, and I now don't have a gig tomorrow, so like I don't have to worry about messing up my voice too much. So I ended up packing up. Then 15 minutes later, driving up the road, unpacking and setting up again and playing another couple hours. And it was just a great time. My voice was a little fried the next day because I was playing outside. And like we mentioned, smoky. So not great. But it was a super great time. So shout out to all those folks for, uh, for listening to music. Nice. That's fun. I love it when a party comes together organically like that. Right. And then, and then very lastly, you and I were also at the handlebar. So shout out to you for uh, patronizing that place so much this week. Um, we had our, 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 <laughs> what we've always done for years now, we meet up every three months and we schedule out all of our Patreon stuff. And that's, mm-hmm. that's recording sessions. That is events. That's streaming movie nights. That's all sorts of stuff. And it got me really, really hyped on the upcoming months. I cannot wait for all of those things. Yeah, it's really nice to sit down and plan it out when it's all in front of us and we have, it's not like before an episode, like that's just the focus. I think those meetings are important. It's also a really good excuse to drink some breakfast time focus juice. Focus juice, nice. Yeah, which is in my world, vodka, and then yours, gin. So, yeah. So we did. (laughs) And the waitress was like, did you guys want like food or? And we're like, do you want to shut up? Yeah. No, thank you. I, I say good day. She kept trying to take my drinks, man. Yeah. Like it happened twice. Ha- like I would set it down. Like there's like second drink was brewing and she was like, you done with this? Like, and I like took it and was like, no, nah. and I sucked it down and then she's like, okay, see. And then she kind of like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you have like I had to do that. I had to do that when I was there Sunday with Lori and Andy. Yeah. Cause I bought like a, a wild berry mule and it had yeah. like a bunch of blueberries and blackberries and strawberries and they were all at the bottom on ice. And I was super Fruit excited salad. about them. And I'm like in convo and like I see my tin or my copper mug just start leaving and I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 no, <laughs> excuse wait, me. Hey. Yeah, I want You this. know that was like $14, right? Like huh. I'm gonna eat that fruit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well um, so I mean the worst we can do is accuse them of being too efficient. I was gonna say the handlebar where they take your second drink before you can even finish, which is of course a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause they gave it back both times. They were like, all right, that you've had enough. Well, it'd be really weird if they just didn't give it back. Yes, that would be uncomfortable. <laughs> They'd be like, nope, it's gone. It's, it's gone too far. This is an intervention. You're done. Yeah, man, you need to cut back on your fruit. On your fruit. Um, don't don't take the only part of this thing that's good for me. <laughs> uh, look, man, you got anything else? 
I think I'm there. Did you want to preview uh, either movie or beer or both for next week? Yeah, I want to preview both. Can you do it, though? Because you don't remember? I don't know the beer off the top of my head. We are covering a much-anticipated film from David Lowry, The Green Knight. And we haven't covered a David Lowry film since we covered A Ghost Story. Check me if you want. I'm going to say episode 38 of this podcast back in like 2017, maybe 2018. Can't remember. But loved that movie and am very much expecting to love The Green Knight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super stoked for that. We are going to be covering two beers from a brewery that we've never done on the podcast before. Called Original Pattern. They're out of Oakland, California, and I picked up two of their beers recently when I was in Sacramento. So we'll be covering uh, a West Coast IPA and a hazy IPA Love. from Original Original Pattern Brewing in Oakland. Uh, no chance they get distributed anywhere in here. Uh, I haven't seen them outside of Sacramento. All right. Well, if you know a friend in Oakland, maybe get your hands on those beers. And at the very least, the Green Knight. Or Sacramento. Or in Sacramento. Sure. Yeah, that's what I meant. The whole, just anywhere south of here, probably. Um, see the green night. It comes to theaters by the time you're hearing this. So if you want to catch it before uh, a Friday from now, do it. And that way you'll know exactly what we talk about when we talk about it. Aside from that, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Johnny, take us out with the rest of the stuff. That's right. We love you guys. We will see you next week. Be sure and drink some good beer, watch some good movies, and most importantly, stay good to each other. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.